everyone. Welcome to the Legacy Cafe podcast with your host, Rob Lucy, author of the book, How Will You Be Remembered? The Definitive Guide to Creating and Sharing Your Life Story. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and find yourself a seat in the Legacy Cafe. Here's Rob. Thanks, Kathy. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Lucy. Thanks for joining us. Hey, if you're over 50 years of age, this conversation is about a revolution in aging so that we are more able to leave our marks on the world. It's about disrupting aging too. It's about sparking new solutions so we can choose how we want to live and and how we want to get older. And as we disrupt the way we age, we're more able to create and enjoy our legacies now and smile as we leave them behind when we decide to go. You know AARP, ARP, 38 million members, and the mission of ARP is to empower people to choose how they live as they age. Bo Workman is our next guest, and he's the director of CEO Communications at AARP. He's an author and co-author of several books, including 50 Plus, Igniting a Revolution to Reinvent America. And his latest book is written with the CEO of ARP, Joanne Jenkins, and it's called Disrupt Aging, A Bold New Path to Living Your Best Life at Every Age. Uh, Bo Workman is in Washington, D.C. Hello, Bo. Hi, Rob. How are you doing today? Thank you for joining us. What do you see on the faces of an aging America? Do you see fear or anticipation of a great retirement or worry with what we're leaving behind? I see it changing. I see it, it's changed a lot within just the last few years, I think. People are realizing that as they get older, it's not necessarily a period of decline. It's not necessarily a period of just waiting things out. It's it's looked upon as a time of freedom. It's a time of now I can do things I want to do. Uh, I'm not tied down anymore. I still have a lot of life left in me. I still have a lot of years left to live. And I want to do something with those years. I want to make a difference. I want to enjoy myself. I want to uh, let people know that uh, I can still contribute. Is that different from what our parents thought then? I mean, I would have thought that most people retired, whatever age it was. They, they would think of that, but you, you think it's changed and it's moved more towards that? It's changed uh, quite a bit because uh, we have a lot more time after what we typically think of as traditional retirement. People, you know, they used to think, well, I'm retired. Uh, I just want to relax and enjoy things and live life my way. But now it seems like more and more people are thinking in terms of being active, in terms of making a contribution, in terms of now I've, you know, I'm freed from the daily burdens of raising my kids, of having to make a living, of uh, re re reporting to somebody else every day at work. I can do what I want to do, and I need to think about what I want to do. And it's not just five years or ten years. You know, I've got another twenty or thirty years left after traditional retirement. You're probably aware, very aware of the Allianz studies that were, were done a few years ago, which confirmed that the boomers. Uh, cared less about the stuff from their parents and cared more about getting the stories because an awful lot of legacy is, as we talk about Legacy Cafe, is about collecting those stories so they don't disappear. Mm -hmm. Is that trend still alive and healthy? Absolutely. You know, you you spend your life really kind of creating those stories, but it seems like it's not until you get older that you begin telling them. 
that's where the family story, I think, becomes important. It's not just the creating the stories, it's telling the stories and passing the stories on. Yeah, so you've put a few books together. I just want to quote a couple of them, which I've read. The first one you wrote with a guy named Bill Novelli, who I think was the CEO of ARP back a, a decade or so ago. He was, yes. This is called Igniting a Revolution to Reinvent America. There's a line in there, a savvy group of Americans who are 50 years old and plus and beyond are determined to leave their mark in the world. They're advocating for causes that really well make a difference. Is that revolution still happening? That revolution is still happening, and if anything, it's growing uh, stronger every day. What's the fuel for it? I think the fact that people are living longer, they're generally in much better health, uh, they feel like they can be more productive, and they want to do good. They want to leave a legacy. They want to leave the world better than they found it, and they're doing it. Do we talk about it enough, do you think? Uh, I don't know if we do or not. I think we're talking about it more. When I talk to people now, a lot of, a lot of my friends, you know, it's, it's not so much when are you going to retire, what are you going to do when you retire, it's what are you going to do next. When you get your time freed up, what are you going to do then? How important is family story? Why do it and what's its importance and what's its value? The family story is your foundation. I mean, that's, it's where you come from. It's, it's the values that are instilled in you that you grow up with and that you want to pass along to future generations. And I think it's important to know where we come from and what shaped us and how we, how we view the world and, and the things that we think are important and the things that we don't think are important. So you still say the revolution that is written about in your first book, Igniting a Revolution to Reinvent America, that revolution is going on. The second book, you just completed, I think, within the last year with your CEO, Joanne Jenkins, is called The Journey to Disrupt Aging. What the heck does disrupt aging mean? Disrupt aging means that, in a nutshell, that we have to challenge outdated stereotypes and attitudes about aging and start sparking new solutions so people can choose how they want to live and age. You know, we live in a world that's changing very quickly, and innovation and technology is changing our lives every day. And, and we, have to, we have to realize that a lot of the solutions that we created to help people age better, they don't work anymore because people are living longer. We have new products and services that help us live better, longer. Yet a lot of our old attitudes about aging still have not changed. And we need to challenge those. We need to change those. And, and once we do that, we can start sparking new solutions that will help us to live better as we get older. And so, so if we have these new solutions to disrupt aging, what do people really want? It's being independent, I think. You know, one of the things people fear most about growing older is losing their independence. And we see a lot of things, a lot of innovations coming on board now that help us maintain our independence. Is a second career a big thing to swallow too as we disrupt our aging? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's all part of living with a purpose. You know, people want to find their purpose in life and they want to fulfill that purpose. And one of the things about living longer is it gives you more time to discover and fulfill that purpose. A lot of people do that through volunteering. A lot of people do that through second careers. Mark Friedman, who runs an organization, calls these encore careers. And millions and millions of people uh, every day are engaging in encore careers, careers with a purpose, careers that bring out their passion, help them fulfill their purpose, 
while at the same time doing good for society. So how do we view philanthropy and legacy then? Does that change along with it, with all these new solutions? Well, I think it does, yeah, because we see people creating new organizations, new nonprofits for specific causes to, uh, to help fulfill a particular passion or, so- or solve a particular problem. You know, that, that's a different way of looking at philanthropy, I think, beyond just leaving money. It, it goes to leaving an organization that will continue on beyond the person who started it and continue to do good. Does the phrase aging's four freedoms ring a bell? Yeah, I mean, we talk about that in the book. In fact, Joanne uh, concludes the book with what she calls aging's four freedoms. And this comes from, you know, back in 1941, Franklin Roosevelt addressed Congress and he talked about a new ideology based on four freedoms. And those were freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. And Joanne talks about that as we get older, there are four freedoms of aging. There's the freedom to choose uh, how and where we want to live as we get older. There's no one-size-fits-all solution to aging. Uh, If you want to follow a traditional path to retirement, you can do that, but you don't have to. If you want to be active, engaged, you should have options to pursue that as well. You know, whether you want to continue living in your own home as you get older, you move to retirement community, or move in with your kids, those are all options that should be available. Again, it's not one size fits all, but uh, it's about having options of, of how you want to live as you get older. Second one's freedom to earn. Um, you know, a key part of the retirement model that our parents grew up with and a, and a lot of us have grown up with is uh, we considered retirement freedom from work. And I think that's changed today that uh, as we've extended middle age, uh, more and more people are looking at it as freedom to work. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people want or need to continue earning a living uh, as they get older and they, they look for ways to make a difference in society through the work that they do. And, uh, you know, this requires a lot of reimagining work and rethinking work from the perspective of both individuals and employers. You know, that freedom to work is to do, you know, do the work that you want to do as you get older. The third one is the freedom to learn. You know, the world is changing so fast today and new technologies, new way of communicating. We want to stay engaged and involved and productive during our later years. We need to keep learning. And if we want to continue to work, we need to keep learning in order to keep our job skills up to date. So learning also helps us avoid isolation, which is a huge problem for people when they get older. Mm-hmm. And we want to keep learning for our own uh, personal fulfillment and uh, simply to enjoy life. And the fourth one is the freedom to pursue happiness. And that's by uh, discovering and fulfilling your purpose. You know, longer lives give us an extraordinary opportunity to become the people we've always wanted to be. So what a lot of people are doing is turning more inward and focusing on finding and fulfilling our purpose in life. You know, Thomas Jefferson wrote about one of our unalienable rights is the right to pursue happiness. And Jefferson wasn't talking about happiness the way we tend to think about it today, like entertainment or or, uh, just going out and having a good time. Jefferson happiness 
was achieved by developing our individual talents and skills to our fullest potential to do good work and contributing to the greater good of society. He believed that happiness came from contributing to the well-being of others and fulfilling our purpose to the best of our abilities. So, again, our longer lives give us the opportunity to do that. Aging's four freedoms really reflect the belief that the future of aging is not about decline, it's really about growth. Uh, it doesn't only present us with challenges, uh, which have always been the focus in the past, it creates new opportunities. And probably foremost, that older people are not burdens, which has long been the attitude, but people are actually contributors and they can continue to contribute well into their older years. Mm -hmm. I, I would never put myself up in the same realm as Jefferson, but in my book, I did put a chapter together and it just came from inside me that when we use our skills and talents and really give us we are the happiest people on earth because we're using us. Bo, if you had all those four freedoms and you weren't with ARP anymore, what would you do? Would you join a circus? Would you climb the seven peaks? I, I'm a frustrated musician. Uh, I, I've always wanted to play piano. My wife is a musician. And uh, one of the things I would do is spend some time and learn to play piano. We're both on the same track. I'm now starting the ukulele. I used to play the bagpipes and the saw. That's really, those really aren't great instruments to sit around at a party and sing. <laughs> the ukulele is better. Your piano is good. So once we, once we get you and I going, we'll just have to find a third and we, we'll go touring the world. Yeah, I, I'm reminded there's an old joke about uh, the definition of a gentleman. And that's someone who knows how to play the bagpipes but doesn't. I don't agree, but uh, <laughs> you've been around ARP for 26 years. What's coming up? What's new and exciting? How's ARP changing and going to benefit the 38 million members? If I could sum it up in one word, it would be innovation. You know, AERP was founded really on innovation, and, and a lot of people don't realize that. It, we were founded 60 years ago. This is our 60th anniversary. And uh, we were founded by a retired school teacher and principal, from California, Dr. Ethel Percy Andrus, who founded AARP after she retired. The story is that she had volunteered with the California Retired Teachers Association, and she went to look up a retired teacher, a retired Spanish teacher, and she was given an address where this woman lived. And so she went to look her up, and she knocked on the door, and the person said, um, oh, you must mean the old lady that lives out back in the old chicken coop. Hmm. And she went, to the, went back behind the house, and there was, she found this woman living, this retired teacher who had taught Spanish for 30 years in the schools, living in a chicken coop with not hardly any pension, with uh, no health insurance, and really, really just barely existing. And Dr. Andrus decided to help her. And in doing so, she created the first uh, group health for people over 65. Uh, all the insurance companies told her that it couldn't be done. Uh, she got turned down 42 times before she finally found someone who would agree to uh, do a pilot insurance program for people 65 and older for these retired teachers. And it, it took off like hotcakes, and she defied the conventional wisdom of her time 
and and uh, was able to create group health insurance for people over 65. She continued as a social innovator, and the demand was so great for the the products that she started. Uh, first, the National Retired Teachers Association, and then AARP, so that all older people could have access to this benefit. And AARP has continued on that path ever since. And our challenge now is to keep going on that path. One of the things that we did in conjunction with our 60th anniversary this year is that we made a contribution or an investment, really, in the Dementia Discovery Fund, which is dedicated to finding uh, new treatments and ultimately a cure for Alzheimer's disease and other other forms of dementia. And we invested $60 million for a 60th anniversary in the Dementia Discovery Fund. Uh, We're engaged in sparking innovation and sparking the new solutions that I talked about through our innovation, AERP Innovation Lab, which is working with entrepreneurs and smaller companies to create solutions to help people live better as they age. Joanne Jenkins, our CEO, for the first time this year, attended the Consumer Electronics Show where she met with a lot of people, Samsung and Google and Amazon and others, to help bring the message to them about seeing what they can do to help use technology to help people live better as they get older. So I think innovation is going to be a real key to helping people live better. It's, it's what got us started and it's what's going to take us into the future. Is there anything we can we can get from you that we can give to the listeners of uh, Legacy Cafe? Any something that will kind of cue them and maybe maybe give them a taste of uh, disrupt aging by you and Joanne? Yeah, I will. I'll leave an article that's adapted from the book on aging's four freedoms, and I think we can okay. put that up and mm-hmm. and that'll give people uh, a taste and hopefully whet their appetite to want to read more. Good. So we will put that up. We'll have a picture of the book by you, the, that you and Joanne Jenkins did. Um, and to come and get the uh, the piece that, Art, that Bo just spoke about, you head to LegacyCafe.org forward slash ARP, double A-R-P, LegacyCafe.org forward slash ARP. And that will give you a good taste of, I think, of Disrupt Aging, I guess, a eh, Bo? And then the, then the next step is to get the whole thing in the book. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Bo Workman, he's the director of CEO communications at ARP. He's a future budding musician. Keep your eye open on the music stands for his work. (laughs) And me in the background with my ukulele. This is Legacy Cafe. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. My name's Rob Lucy. We'll see you again next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Legacy Cafe podcast. We have lots of great conversations coming your way. And by the way, if you want us to send you reminders that a new podcast is ready for you, Go to LegacyCafe.org to subscribe. That's LegacyCafe.org. Have a great day, and remember, the coffee and conversations are always hot at the Legacy Cafe. Legacy Cafe.